harming children from toddlerhood to adulthood. Did you know it's no longer culturally acceptable for girls to say they want to date only boys? And did you know it's no longer acceptable for young men to say they want to marry only young women? Believing that the biological sex, as revealed in anatomy, of one's romantic sexual partners matters is now deemed hatefully transphobic. The ravenous pro-trans behemoth smells the blood of children in our murky cultural waters and is hurtling toward them with blinding speed, aided by the ignorance, perhaps willful, and cowardice of decent people, people who prefer not to hear about the grotesqueries the trans cult has in store for our little ones. Like the dismemberment of living humans in their mother's wombs, the most grotesque acts being perpetrated against born children are being committed in sanitized medical establishments by Dr. Mengele's. These deceived and deceiving doctors amputate the healthy breasts of confused or mentally ill girls as young as 13, chemically sterilize physically healthy teenage girls and boys, and castrate teen boys as young as 18. Dr. Diane Aronsaft, chief psychologist at the Child and Adolescent Gender Center Clinic at San Francisco's Benioff Children's Hospital, posits that children as young as two can know they aren't the sex they, in reality, are. And I quote her, We expect a two-year-old to know, I am boy, I am girl, so why can't that also apply to transgender children? End quote. Aronsaft's statement implies that toddlers subjective internal feelings about their maleness or femaleness are analogous to their objective immutable biological sex. But for a boy to know he is a boy constitutes recognizing an immutable and objective fact, like knowing the earth is round. For a boy to think he is a girl is not knowledge, it's delusion. And research shows that between 80 to 95% of cases of gender identity confusion in prepubertal children will resolve on their own. Further, Aaron Saft believes the subjective internal feelings of toddlers about their maleness or femaleness supersede in importance and value their biological sex. But such a belief is not an objective fact. It's a radical, subversive, dogmatic assumption spreading like a cancer throughout the sickly body of America. Aaron Saft also claims that, quote, most people who are born with a penis will be boys, but some of them will be girls. Most people who are born with a vagina will be girls, but some will be boys, end quote. To be clear, Aaron Saft is not referring to those born with intersex disorders of sexual development. She is referring to genetically normal children born with normal anatomy and biochemistry. It is nonsensical, science-denying sophistry to say babies will be boys or girls. They are boys or girls. Their sex will never change. From this trans-affirming, child-destroying theory has emerged a profitable cottage industry for all sorts of mercenaries, including gender identity propagandists, pharmaceutical companies peddling the puberty blocker Lupron and cross-sex hormones, psychologists, endocrinologists, urologists, and cosmetic surgeons, nonfiction and fiction writers, entrepreneurs hawking costumes to conceal biological sex, and other manifestations of a deeply corrupted culture. 
Here are just a few of the countless cultural assaults on the dignity and health of children, maybe some of which you haven't heard about. Etsy, the well-known e-commerce website focused on handmade or vintage items and craft supplies, offers transgender tuck buddies, which are handmade colorful underpants for little boys ages 3 to 14 who pretend to be girls. Tuck buddies are designed to conceal penises and testicles so little boys can deceive others into believing they're girls. A company called Transwear makes an, quote, extra small silicone penis and testicles called a packer for girls under five years old who pretend to be boys and want to deceive others that they are boys. Drag queen story hours at public libraries are proliferating, with no comparable proliferation of protests by decent people, including pastors, who should be protesting. The number of prepubertal boys whose parents exploit them by allowing them to perform in drag to the delight and pleasure of adult homosexual males is increasing. The sexually deviant among us assure us that there is nothing, absolutely nothing, sexual about these performances. Of course, that claim, like all other claims made to advance sexual deviance, is a bald-faced lie, a lie exposed by British pedophile Tom O'Carroll, who last month wrote this, and I quote at length, Child drag artist Desmond is amazing, is indeed amazing, and hot. No wonder 11-year-old Desmond Napolese and other kids daringly diving into drag culture right now have provoked right-wing reactionaries into paroxysms of moral outrage. Let's face it, when a pretty young boy tells the world he is gay and dances sensuously in front of grown men wearing vampish dresses and makeup, when she strips off items of clothing or goes on stage scantily clad right from the off, when dollar bills are accepted as tips from an audience apparently wild with excitement, when all this is going on, we are getting far more than just a celebration of gender diversity or an innocent display of precocious performance talent. It is wonderful that a rare niche has been found in the modern developed world within which at least a few kids can truly be themselves in ways that deny neither their gender feelings nor their sexuality. Being a drag queen, or a drag princess, if you will, puts it right out there, in the open, for all to see. It says loud and proud, I am a sexy kid with sexy feelings. It's totally cool for grown-ups to get turned on by me. I love it. That's why I do this stuff. Drag is not simply a means of gender play and expression, though that is obviously a significant aspect of it. Sure, Drag can be performed with wholly non-erotic intent, and often is. Dame Edna Everidge, for instance. But when a kid declares himself to be gay, as Desmond has, he is talking about sexual feelings. Gay, after all, refers to a sexual orientation, not a gender identity. If his interest in wearing girls' clothes was an expression only of his gender identity, he would see himself as trans, not gay. So why all the denial? Why the coy insistence that kids' drag performance has nothing to do with their sexuality? Hypocrisy, basically. For decades now, gay politics has revolved around respectability, and that has meant aping heteronormativity. Gay couples with committed relationships, marriage, and parenthood have become the promoted model. 
the old carefree promiscuity of the gay life is frowned upon, if still a reality for many, and any cross-generational sexual contact with youth is now far more taboo than it ever was in the bad old days when homosexuality was a discreetly practiced underground phenomenon. Hypocrisy is detestable for its dishonesty. But, on the other hand, it works. Politically, it makes sense. Denial of the sexual element in kids' drag performances has recently resulted in them being perceived as on the respectable side of the gender revolution, end quote. With no hard science available demonstrating the effects of social transitioning on their brain development, young children from two years old on up are being allowed to socially transition, which is to say they are being allowed to pass as the sex they are not by adopting new names, cross-dressing, and being referred to by incorrect pronouns. Neuroplasticity is the ability of the brain to form and reorganize synaptic connections, especially in response to learning or experience or following an injury. Might adopting new names, being referred to by opposite-sex pronouns, and cross-dressing change the brain structure in such a way that children are less likely to eventually accept their biological sex? By promoting social transitioning, are gender identity peddlers dooming children to future bodily mutilation and a lifetime of risky cross-sex hormone dependence? Government schools have bought the trans ideology hook, line, and sinker and are promoting it through curricula to other people's children. Either that's the case, or school leaders are such yellow-bellied, spineless cowards that they would rather sacrifice the health of children than confront the evil in their midst, which may be personally costly. At the end of May, Vermont proposed a health care administrative rules change that will allow state Medicaid funds to be used for the chemical sterilization and surgical mutilation of children with no minimum age requirement. In addition, the Vermont Department of Financial Regulation issued this statement just a week ago, and I quote, Insurance companies, health insurance companies, nonprofit hospital services corporations, nonprofit medical services corporations, and managed care organizations shall not exclude coverage for medically necessary treatment, including gender affirmation surgery for gender dysphoria and related health conditions. In addition, insurers may not deny coverage of gender affirmation surgery as not medically necessary on the basis of age, end quote. Our professional mental health and medical communities are controlled by leftists who have no hard science supporting the fanciful notion that children of one biological sex can have the brains of the opposite sex. They have no hard evidence proving that lifetime cross-sex hormone doping is safe. They have no hard science proving conclusively that gender dysphoria or cross-sex identification in young children and teens is immutable. They have no hard science proving that sexual abuse, other forms of trauma, autism, social contagion, or other environmental factors are not factors that can result in gender dysphoria or cross-sex identification. They have no hard science proving that the suicidal ideation and depression that often accompany gender dysphoria or cross-sex identification are caused by social stigma as opposed to being caused by whatever caused the desire to be the opposite sex. They have no proof, nor will any proof ever be available, 
that affirming a child in the rejection of his or her biological sex is good, right, or morally justified. Leftists believe that the relief cross-sex identifying children feel when affirmed in their cross-sex identification means that disapproval is intrinsically wrong. But do they apply that principle consistently? Do they, for example, apply it to those who experience body integrity identity disorder and identify as amputees? The ubiquitous effort by sexual anarchists and reprobates to revolutionize what's left of American culture is no more apparent than in the juggernaut to trans children. By transing children, I mean the comprehensive effort to destroy their hearts, minds, wills, and bodies. Trans activists, in league with many homosexuals, though not all, have gained breathtaking institutional power and are propagandizing, grooming, and mutilating children in the service of a science-denying cultic superstition. And conservatives largely say and do nothing.